0: Find out. Man, let me find out. Let me find out. Girl, let me find out. Let me find out a witty take on life and culture with Nikki Washington. Hey everybody, it's your girl Nikki Washington. Welcome to another edition of Let Me Find Out a Witty Take on Life and Culture. Hey, if you are new to the show, first of all, thank you so much for logging on. I'm not sure how you found us, but the fact that you found us, huh? I am yet grateful for it. So if you're new, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Let me know that it's real. Be sure to like, comment, rate. What this does for us, it allows us to be found by people who might not find us otherwise. So every like, every shout out. Thank you so much in advance for it. If you are not new, welcome back to the family. Kick off your shoes, relax your feet. Come on in. You know what it is. So now that we got all the housekeeping out the way, y'all. I'm super hype. We are in the middle of this series. We are talking to ladies and men alike, single, married, everything in between. But we're talking about the relationship topic. Now, I think it—it it, uh, suffice it to say, most people will say that relationships are really a hot button for most people, and I very rarely find someone who does not have an opinion on it. Um, but I'm fortunate to know a lot of people who have sound biblical opinions on it. So it was on my heart to have a show. And to really talk to people who I knew have sage wisdom about what it really means to be single, what sickness should look like, and what is a godly standard versus maybe what we might think our relationship goals. So I have miss heavy hitter herself, y'all. I'm just saying. So I know she has a long litany of bond. If I read it, I think we all would have benediction because we'd be here a while, but. I'm excited to have her because I believe her wisdom is sound. But what I love about it, it's also practical. So without further ado, I introduce to some and reintroduce to others. That was real. <laughs> Dr. Arisha Hillier, Thank you so much for joining us, ma'am.
1: I'm so excited. I get to talk to Nikki Washington. I, I'm, just, I'm
0: just glad you're gracing our friends. I just so I so appreciate it. So I want to get right into it. It's a, a 30 minute show. And I really do believe um, that you have so much to offer by way of leadership and being single and then being a mother and having been married and being single now. So can you tell us, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, you wrote a book called Table for One. Can you tell us what your whole premise and thought was behind the book and why you felt it was important to share?
1: Well, you know, I wrote Table for One after um, I went through a divorce and I found myself single again and um I really was invited to do a singles conference. And I was just like, okay, Lord, I'm navigating this season of my life by uh, really myself. So what do I say? And I start thinking about how it's such a faux pas to walk in a restaurant and ask for a table for one. But when you go through the Bible, you find out that at quote unquote, a table for one is the place where God meets you and shifts your destiny. And so many Mm. times we think, It's a negative place, but it's really a place of destiny shift at the table for one. And so I didn't want to write. People wanted me to write about my divorce experience, but because I had kids and I wanted to respect my ex-husband and the father of my child, I didn't want to write a tell-all book. And I think the only three people that know about what really happened is me, him, and God. I didn't want to do that. And so I wrote Table for One, just really talking about how in that place of isolation, solitude, how God will meet you and shift your destiny and how it does not have to be such a negative experience, but it can be a life-changing experience for a person.
0: Mm, I love that you, you flip the optic, but also that you talk about um, what it means to be a whole single person, because I think a lot of times uh, my experience has been uh, singles get preached to. Um, and a lot of it is good, but some of it is from a place of let me help patch up your deficiency. Um, and yeah. in the book, you talk about uh, uh, how you're not really trying to help people find a mate, but rather help them find them sp- themselves. Can you kind of like dig deeper in that? When I saw it, I was like, ooh, I
1: want to put this on a meme and put her name on it and be like, quote, boom, bam. <laughs> so explain the difference. Yeah, I think we get so busy in our single state trying to find a mate that we really never find ourselves. And then we take a dysfunctional self into a, in a relationship and expecting the relationship to work. And so we're expecting two the mathematical half and half to make a whole when what God says is two holes equal a whole Two mm-hmm. ones, one plus one equals a hole with God in the middle. And so I didn't want to try to do, let me help you find a mate. I wanted to really find myself. And really, I think for me, it was, I realized it took two people for a relationship to fail. And that's mm. what most people don't want to look at. So it was kind of for me, a self-discovery that I could easily point at the finger and say, My marriage failed because of him or my marriage failed because of this that he did. But I said to myself that my marriage failed because two people failed in our relationship. And I had to say to myself, what role did I play and what did I want to do differently if I entered another relationship and what work did I need to do so that I didn't take a flawed, broken, hurt, dysfunctional person into a new relationship. And so I went on a path of really discovering myself and discovering on a journey of, oh, okay, that's a place that you really need to let God do some work on you. (laughs) And so that, that became my perspective and not we want to put the blame on a lot of people and never really look how much uh, the Michael on I'm talking to the man in the mirror and I had to really first look at the woman in the mirror and say, before you take yourself into another relationship, take a moment and look at yourself and allow God to do some work on yourself first. Mm.
0: So having done the work. And having really, you know, uh, gotten yourself to a place of wholeness and healthiness, what are some things, or can you see now some things that you're like, you know, what this this can help fortify what a uh, a good union looks like? What are some traits of of a good covenant, and 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 uh, what does that look like to you?
1: Um, I think it's learning how to be whole as a single. Um, I think sometimes we want our mate or the person that we're in a relationship with to feel a void that they're never capable of feeling and so I had to learn how to date myself how to mm. be okay you know I'm, I'm all for you know taking yourself to the movies uh, taking yourself to enjoy nice experiences you know how to enjoy Uh, You know, you can't even keep your own house clean. How are you (laughs) going to keep somebody else's house clean? Right. You you haven't fixed your own credit. Why would somebody want to, you know, we have this laundry list of things that we want in a maid, but yet if we put ourselves to the standards of the list that we have for somebody else, we may fail. So we want that person to have great credit. We want that person to have a house. We want that person to have money in the bank but we don't even meet the standards. And so I started Ooh. making sure that I could measure up to the standards that I wanted somebody else to bring to the table. And so I think if you're going to forge healthy relationships what are you bringing that adds to the relationship? Because a healthy relationship is a give and take. So what am I giving to the, what am I bringing to the table that gives to the relationship so that I'm not just coming to the table trying to suck all the life out the relationship?
0: I think we should just let it breathe right there. Did y'all hear what she just said? <laughs> that just is so true. You know, I'm just saying that is so true because I think um, a lot of times there's dysfunction in the way that we interact with each other, uh, which kind of leads to my, my next question. Do you. OK, so I was a singles minister for many years. And what I discovered is a lot of times you have singles who um void of having an agenda of trying to find someone or trying to be found by someone. They really don't know how to in a healthy way interact with each other. It was almost like they got saved and they were told about how, sanctification, but the peace in dating and courting with character was left out. Um, do you think that it's important to have um, relationships with the opposite sex? And how do you navigate having a healthy relationship with someone who maybe it's just platonic, but you want
1: to be able to um, sharpen those social skills? Absolutely. You know, and, and Nikki, you know, one of my best friends and it's a straight platonic relationship is Pastor YPJ. And I have learned so much in that relationship. And of course, being a, female pastor I have a lot of friends that are males, and one of the things that those relationships have taught me because I can be very you know alpha and I remember one time and I think it was YPJ he called me and I was like what's up and he was like I was just really calling to check on you so can you bring all that in <laughs> um like that sounded about right <laughs> you know but I was so used to You know, my day to day life is, you know, normally somebody's knocking on my door. My staff is asking something of me. And so in my interaction with males and females, I'm used to everybody pulling. And so when he called me, I was like, what's up? Like, what do you need? And he was like, I don't need anything from you. I just called to check on you to see how you were doing. And it made me stop immediately to realize that I have to, in in my relationships with the opposite sex, that it's sometimes it's it's okay to just be a girl and just be a lady and I don't have to it's not about somebody needing something from me it's just about having dialogue and being okay with let's just talk let's yeah let's let's find out about each other's life and so i think many times we miss that part of having the healthy relationships i was just talking to somebody about even the part of intimacy we live in such a uh, sexually driven society that, it's, mm-hmm. you know, even when it comes to what you wear and all of that. But can you build a foundation of a relationship where it is an intimate relationship void of sex? And I think we have to get better at that as Christians, where we lay a foundation in a relationship so that when, like the scripture says in Matthew seven, 24 and 25, where when the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew, the mm. house still stood. But mm-hmm. because we're not taking time to lay the foundation and build the found, build the relationship on the word of God and spend quality time talking and quality time getting to know the person and not rushing to the altar. And I want to get married because I want to have sex legally. And I want to get married because I want everybody to see (laughs) me get the rain. We're missing the time of building the relationship. So when the floods come and the winds blow and the Mm. rain descends, our house falls to the ground because we built it on the sand. We built it on what everybody else just saw on the outside. We didn't build it on the solid rock. And I think that's where we have to get back to as singles, where we stop saying... I'm going to build this on what looks like a good house on the outside, a good relationship or relationship goals on social media. But I'm going to take time to do the work. And if it takes me a year to get to know this person or two years to get to know this person and I'd rather do that, than go out and rush and get married. And then I've got to back out of it because it's okay to back out of it because I just did it so I could have and post relationship goals.
0: the church say amen amen, amen amen oh my gosh so do you think that there's a difference between relationship goals online and what god and i know you're going what you're going to say but i want you to expound on it difference between relationship goals and god's ideal where where do you think what are some things that you think we promote in society that are just not where god's heart is in relation to relationships
1: yeah i think you know this this whole social media thing and you know, i think You know, I'm kind of at a straight betwixt of the whole, you know, of course I'm on social media and I love my followers and I like when my number increases like anybody else. So for somebody to say that they don't like when their number increases, they're telling you a story. I like to look at my likes just like the average person, but we have gotten so uh, attracted to our likes almost and Mm. we're hashtag relationship goals that we're missing the fact of what's peel back the layers right because that relationship goal is a filter Mm. I, i want what god has for me without the filter have have you is that is that spouse praying for that the the other mate is that a praying man or is that did they just get take the picture and then he's beating her upside the head or she's beating him right or does he have or she have somebody on the side? But they took the picture. See, mm. God's ideal for a relationship is not a photo op, but somebody where there's equal submission one to another. That mm. he he's a he's a person where he's okay with her success, and she knows how to pray and cover and intercede for him, and then he knows how to cover her. So I, I don't care if it doesn't match your instagram photo of what you think is a relationship goal i want to go deeper into what the text says can we submit one to another when the crisis comes and the trial of life comes can you pray me through that when i'm sick are you there that you will you know I, i want somebody in my life That when I'm sick and I can't clean myself, well, Mm. I know that you're going to be there. Are you too busy to go after a life that you're going to leave me with somebody? That's relationship goals. That's not photo, because this is not somebody I want to see on photos. But when I'm in, when the trials of life come, do you have faith that can stand the test of time that you can pray me through? That's God's idea (laughs) for a relationship. What's your prayer life like? Oh my
0: gosh. I'm listening here trying not to talk while you talk. <laughs> you know and how when you are in church, and
1: you, here's Amen. The thing, yeah. Here's the thing. This God idea, he may not even be a deacon on the front row. He may not even be singing in the praise team. And that's I think another place we got it twisted because he's we got a lot of facades in the church who don't have a direct link to God. He may not be on the front row. He actually may be on the back row, but he knows how to talk to God. But you won't Mm. give him the time of day because he's not a deacon. He don't have a title in front of his neck. Talk, talk. God's (laughs) goal for relationships is not that God has picked the person But it's that are you willing to put in the work because relationships are work. Right. Where you bring your differences and you lay them at his feet and you're willing to work through it with each other. Submit it to God so that you both get the overflow of your relationship with God. Mm. So I love him from the place of my relationship with, from the overflow of my relationship with God. He loves me from the place of the overflow of his relationship with God. There are certain things that he won't do because of his relationship with God. There are certain things I won't do not because of my commitment to him, but my commitment to God. Right. Right.
0: Mm. So how can, how can they really begin to work from the place of, Uh, let's say someone's not in the overflow, maybe someone still has the work to do and they're they're really trying to like deal with what's been presented to them, the cards they've been dealt, as you say in your book. Like what are some things that they can practically do to try to get to that place where they're now giving out of place of overflow?
1: Well, I think you gotta first go back and do the work on yourself. And so in the book, I use the woman at the well and that's why it's important, I think, whether you're single or you're married to have those alone moments with God because there comes moments in your life where you got to get that time with God and you allow yourself to become open with God, where he shows you yourself. You know, the thing who, that that Jesus did with the woman at the well, he says, you know, uh, I mean, where's your husband? She tries to play him like, Uh, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right. You got five. (laughs) Right. You know, because we can put on a front for everybody. Mm -hmm. But in that face to face with God, we cannot put on a front for him. And so I think the way we get to the place where somebody can get the overflow of our relationship with God is to get back and make God our first love. And that comes with spending quality time with him. It comes with having this no, um, no holds barred with God that I really, mm. I can, I can lay some stuff that I can't talk about to other people, to God. And I can, you know, and that's really what Jesus was telling the woman at the well. Like, I know other people can't handle the fact that you've been with all these men, but I can handle it. Mm. I, I can handle that. And he can handle some things that other people can't handle and still clean it up and turn it into an amazing story that can bless others. He can take our mess and turn it into a message. He can take our test and turn it into a testimony Mm -hmm. that is the faithfulness of God. But I think many times we have tried to do the work and I'm all for self-care and I'm all for therapy, but we cannot try to go those routes and do it without the surrendering and the relationship with the Lord. Mm. That's Amen. what sees us through the tough times. Amen. What would you say to the,
0: in closing to someone who is uh, needing encouragement, just general encouragement as as they in, await in their state of singleness?
1: Um, I would say enjoy the moment. You know, uh, find joy in the moment. That in every season, you know, I am amazed that. Married people want to be single, single <laughs> people want to be married. No, you ain't lying about that. <laughs> and at some place, we have to enjoy the moment. Yeah. Enjoy the moment and target your faith for what you desire. Um, Pastor Paul, I believe it is, writes that I've learned that whatsoever state I'm in, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there to be content. He's not saying I don't desire to be somewhere else. It's not that he's not using his faith for better. But he's saying, I made a decisive decision to be happy in this state. Another scripture, I think it's in Acts. He's standing before King Agrippa, shackled and chained. He says, I think myself happy. So that means that I can be in the worst of predicaments and still choose to be happy. And Mm. so even though you may not like why you're in the state that you're in, whether you've been through a divorce, whether somebody walked off and left you, somebody betrayed you, how you look at the state is totally up to you. You got to change your perspective. Start thinking yourself happy and decide, I'm going to be content in this state. It's not that I don't desire to be married or desire another state, but I'm going to make the best of this state. And when you start making the best of the state that you're in, you'll watch God start positioning you and moving you into the right place for the next season of your life. And I think that's where we miss it is we're so discontent with the state thinking that that's going to rush God to move us out the state when he's waiting on us to find contentment where we are right now. And so that's when I really started enjoying my single state. I started enjoying my single state when I made a decision that I'm going to be happy right here. I'm going to enjoy my kids. I'm going to enjoy my family. I'm going to enjoy my friends. I'm going to enjoy the dating process. I'm not going to jump ahead. It's a Mm -hmm. date. If it's a date, I'm going to collect the data. I'm not, de- I'm not going to go on a date and declare that this is going to be marriage in a month. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it, you know, and if in this season I've got to travel with my friends, I'm going to travel with my friends, but I'm going to enjoy it. And I have, I've been single almost now. It'll be nine years since my divorce. And I really can say I have enjoyed this season of my life I have enjoyed the lessons that I've learned I've enjoyed the victories that I've accomplished I've enjoyed just I've enjoyed life and I don't feel like I've missed out on something because I'm not married I have enjoyed this state because I made a decision that whatever state I'm in in this season I'm going to be content amen amen (laughs) <laughs> you're like, you're going to drop all that
0: and be like, so that's how I feel about that. Like, no, no, you can't just drop that and be like, all right. So there, that's where I am with it. <laughs> no, but what I, uh, what I appreciate in all sincerity is I remember when we were, um, I don't remember if it was the last time, time for last, but we were at your church and you were sharing with the ladies at over lunch, uh, some of the practices that you have as it relates to just being a single woman and navigating ministry and navigating life. And it was such small things, but they were so significant about making sure that you maintain integrity and character and really um, just really seizing every moment. And so I appreciate the fact that our listeners get to hear just a little bit of what um, you shared in that space. So thank you for sharing and very candidly and very preacher-esque, like the preacher that you are. I said, I really (laughs) want to sow a seed, though, I'm for real. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing very candidly. Our listeners, I'm sure, will be blessed. Can you let them know where to find you, um, all of your social handles and all that good stuff?
1: It is, first of all, thank you for having me. And, uh, you know, I enjoy it. I just, I think we, as single Christians, we got to take the pressure off of ourselves and just start learning how to just live and enjoy life. Yeah, Um, yeah. And and just even women in ministry. I mean, you can do it with integrity and you can do it right. I, I thank God there's not been any stories about me. Thank you, Jesus. But that's because I've done I've tried my best to, to do it right. And right. got great friends. And I don't let anybody pressure me into marriage. And what are you gonna do next? I'm gonna join my kids. <laughs> I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> good people. Good.
0: Um Amen. and
1: so I'm on social media, Dr. Irisha D R I R I S H E A. Um and that's on instagram twitter if anybody still uses that um and on facebook (laughs) you can find me at dr irisha or pastor irisha um and i actually do most of my posting of course sometimes the staff will post announcements but i'm actually on there myself and so i encourage you to follow me got some new stuff coming up so i'm looking forward to it sounds good
0: you guys you heard it here first and as always you're listening to let me find out find out man let me find out let me find out girl let me find out let me find out a witty take on life and culture with nikki washington